last time on Dice Funk. As if to answer your question of how she feels. And then she does a little impression of an aboleth. She like wiggles her arms like their tentacles and kind of slithers around. And then she picks up a, a rock and then she starts bludgeoning the, the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> you need to keep Gladys safe. And if it comes to it, you must kill me. She does not have it in her. I think that the reason why I'm here is a bit different than why we collectively are here, so... This biome, yes, I want to see it. But this is not my world. It is an idea made by someone. Uh, you were like, oh, a problem here is that even though the gods have created things to give to the people, uh, the things are limited, space is limited, these tools are limited, and people will fight over them. Uh, it seems like even the most generous gift can incite conflict. And you, uh, this, you know, selfless person that you are, was like, what if we could copy these things, duplicate these things, hand them out? I think the phrase we were using was like, democratize the gifts. Gladys knows that this is technology that used to exist in the past. It feels like the most feasible one of the bunch we've got to be able to replicate because the pickaxe and the shield are both like a kind of god magic thing while the, the holodeck is like, well, someone figured this out once before. Two specific things you learn is about the main quest Panzer Pets LLC has been on the whole time, which is there's part of the ecosystem that's unfinished uh, because of a traitor god and that this person is out there and up to shit and it's like a whole mystery. That's not super relevant to you. It's just if you if you were curious about that, now your characters know. Um, there was like more that maybe Traian could learn here that then he would take into Pants for Pets, uh, but the botch means that is not true. Um, the other thing is that you know where to go to learn more about forms because this right. party saw a, a phenomenon to the east, uh, which is not uh, part of Arabella. So. Interesting. Very, very interesting. My, my next thought that comes to mind, he's essentially intoning, if, I, if I'm understanding him correctly, I'll be honest, honest sometimes it gets hard to parse what the Ableth is saying to me. I get, I get lost in the Joe Biden visit. Um, is that there, there very well, this could be someone that is walking around, that maybe not we've actually encountered, but theoretically could just meet out in the world. You hold the glowing purple gem up to the statue, and it gets really hot, uh, almost like too hot to hold on to. And in fact, I think you instinctively like flinch and let go for a second, and the gem uh, sucks up to the statue, like as if magnetized, slurp, right up against the back. C creature, are you intelligent? Uh, the statue kind of gets off of the uh, platform that it was on, the uh, bottom of the block of marble, uh, looks around um, and says, Intelligent? I'm... I'm Dio! I got a I got a new D and D setting book today. Uh, now, Austin, after after season ten, uh, can I suggest your next setting just be Italian? <laughs> because I I got I got a uh, uh, I think it's called a Barcelonia, and the the header Brand Col Colonia. That's it. 
I'm Italian and I can't pronounce these words. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the the subheader of this of this book is spaghetti fantasy. Spaghetti spaghetti fantasy. Well, it's like a spaghetti western. It's a well, yeah. It's funny because spaghetti western was one of the aesthetics that was initially planned for for season nine. Because I remember we were talking about possible music stuff and having like like Ennio Morricone like underscoring throughout a lot of stuff. But then when the 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 idea for this the season changed and the party changed to being you know a bunch of great you know representatives representatives of academia and everything else uh you know spaghetti western wasn't quite the tone the monster manual is called the macaronomicon <laughs> gosh like like holy shit i mean that's actually not that far off than a lot of fantasy world building i mean pretty much since the beginning of the thing when tolkien was like yeah this is like fantasy but actually it's europe uh people have basically been doing that just like fantasy spain fantasy france fantasy china that's just a lot of i've been in i've been in, in pokemon fantasy spain for a week now so so yeah that makes sense <laughs> The, the twist is going to be I'm going to this book's going to arrive and I'm going to read through it. And they just left the Wikipedia hyperlinks in from where they copy pasted. The funny thing about that is that I, I've been recently reading an Italian TTRPG called Fabula Ultima, um, which doesn't have a physical book yet because it has to be trans. That physical book has to be made in English, but they have PDFs that are in English. But it's just funny because it's an Italian developed Japanese role playing game tabletop role-playing game derived from the Ryutama system. So it's just like there's several layers getting to that point there. So that's you can play Italian fantasy or an Italian developed fantasy. Your choice. Man, I wish Italians were real. <laughs> I, I do too. You know? I, li- I literally said that to my girlfriend earlier. You were playing Pokemon and I said, man, I wish Spain was real. This looks so cool. <laughs> Speaking of Pokemon, <laughs> I was just checking Twitter and I'm glad that you've shared the important information that German Snorlax is called Relaxo. Thank you. We were looking at all the different puns today because they're different in every language. So I, I, was- I believe the, the French Goldine is just pussy over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, pussy, this is pussy sword. squared. There we go. <laughs> this is what we're doing tonight. Let's look at Pokemon and their foreign names. This is going to be a fun. Uh, the French Goldine Pusserene from Poisson and Serene. What is this? And then, mm. and then in the anime, because they have to have a voice actor say the name. It's just pussy, pussy, pussy over and over again. I mean, some of that's inevitable, right? Like the god of Pokemon is Arceus, and in many English-speaking places, Arce is how they say ass. So it's god is an ass. I I think they they get around it with a lot of legendaries where they don't even say their names. They just kind of make roaring noises, which frankly is uh, disappointing. I I love the ones just that, that just make like a horrible... Uh, th- like the Reggie Gigas, the, the horrible computer loading sounds. <laughs> Last time we left the adventure, uh, you all came across Dio, our good friend, who is currently a purple gem in the back of an androgynous statue. Um, and this person who just steps off of the pedestal they're on here in the art biome just looks around at all of you and just says, I'm Dio. I'm Gladys. Hello. I'm confused. What are you? I'm a Dio. 
Okay, walked into that one. Can you elaborate? Um, what's that? Can you eat it? Do you eat? What's eating? Okay, this is going to be difficult. <laughs> Thank you, Sophie. This character is so much fun. I was just like, uh, finally, someone who speaks central here. Oh. <laughs> finally, a friend for Trayan. <laughs> Trayan, Trayan, infamously unfriendable in, in Arabella. <laughs> no one's friends with him. So sad. But to remind you of the location you're at, you're kind of near the end of the art biome uh, in one of these uh, statue forests. In the distance, you can see the next ecosystem, but it appears to be dark. Like there's a hard cutoff of where the midday of your current environment becomes midnight in a very unnatural and settling way uh, that you would assume would is magic if it weren't for the fact that this world has kind of strange cutoffs between ecosystems. Okay, question number one. You were a little gem that lodged itself in the back of this statue. Are you the gem or are you the statue? It's so funny you asked that because it took, I don't know, 20 episodes for the other char characters to take any interest <laughs> in Dio's body. <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan just cutting straight to like the, the, the point. Uh, is becoming a meme at this point here. It's just like... <laughs> Look, the, the audience doesn't get to see any of this, but I went on like 20 conspiracy rants about what I believe all of the secrets of this, this season are. Dio says, I'm me right now, but I'll be something else later. Why do you stay the same all the time? I... Okay, it is the gem that's driving this. Uh, I do not have a magical gem that I guess takes over materials uh, I am just me I'm made of meat and bones have you tried and uh, Dio reaches out and like uh, you know touches the spear you carry and says uh, what if this is you and then like picks it up and just starts talking to it instead of your face where the sounds are coming out of uh, it is not I made that out of a stick and metal you don't know that for sure why don't you abandon this part of you? And she, uh, Dio just kind of like pushes uh, Throg down and says, this is you now with the spear part. <laughs> it's pushing me down? Oh, God. <laughs> Not hard. Just like comically, just like pushing you out of frame. I'm, I'm thinking of like, you know, uh, chibi anime logic. Okay. Um, I think you operate on a very different worldview than... I'm going to call us meat bags. That seems to be what you'd probably go with in this scenario. We call you samesies. Samesies. What, what is we? The new ones. So new ones is... So, so I, was, I, I was about to ask, is Dio your name or your species? I assume your name now because there is a new ones. We don't know what a new ones is. New ones is me. New ones is you, okay. She Gla Gla Gladys is writing this all down like it's an interview. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I do like the scratchy scratch of you writing. I worry sometimes when it's happening <laughs> that the audience thinks it's like, uh, you know, like an audio glitch or something. But <laughs> it does add texture to when you're talking. Yeah, when I'm trying to just write notes for real, I'm, I try to hold it a little further away from my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel like if I ask what are new ones, I'm going to get nowhere. So I'm going to come at this from a different angle. Why are new ones? <laughs> uh, Dio, still looking at the spear, says, It's talking to us. You shed your old skin, but it won't go away. It li- literally doesn't have any skin. That it's the old. I have the skin. Okay. <laughs> Embrace the new flesh. Don't be afraid to let your body die. So, so, so. Again, not how that works for my species. Uh, Dio, 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 are you. New new ones are new ones from this place we're here right now, where there's all of the art materials and stuff. It is a, is a new one like a, like a creative like art piece by whoever made this place. I don't know what's art. That is a very broad question with a lot of answers. <laughs> I I will say out of context, you know that uh, the gods didn't make any sapient creatures for the new world. Uh, That's like an explicit hard no. Mm -hmm. uh, Is that it's only plants and animals? But also, uh, if this was a creation of the god of art, presumably it would know what art is. Yeah. So that that, that, okay, that that does answer that question then, because like in in character, I say I, I, I I like like. I had a feeling that was probably not the case, but I, I, I'm like, it, or I've never heard of a new one. So you must be from gestures broadly here. I've never heard of a you. <laughs> that's true. I came from a place that's not here. Oh, how is that? Can you take me there? I probably, like we probably, <sighs> we, we have traveled a long, a long way to get to here and where we came from there, we, we can't really go back to until we do the job we were sent here to do. What's a job? I hope you never need to learn that one. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dio. Throg is having flashbacks to like when one of his kids first learned how to just say why to oh, every God. answer you give someone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I should say I just uh, we just got off Thanksgiving break here in the recording world, and when I was seeing my girlfriend's family, she has a little niece who every five seconds would say, "Hey Austin, look at this. Hey Austin, what's that? Hey Austin." And to <laughs> the point confirm. where the where Joe said we should start a podcast called Hey Austin, where she just asks me stuff and I answer it on the show. So pa- new pa- Patreon goal: we'll get twenty five hundred. We'll do Hey Austin with my girlfriend's niece. <laughs> Okay, uh, Throg is once again going to try to try to get any any concrete information from this being. Um, where did your little gem in your back come from? Oh, it's always been there. Do you have no memories outside of the last, uh, what it's been five minutes? 
<laughs> I remember you, and I remember you, and I remember you, Dio says, pointing at the group of you. Um, and I know this is frustrating, uh, but I will say Dio's whole thing is repeatedly waking up with an entirely new set of memories and arbitrarily knowing and not knowing a wide variety of different things. So Sophie's role-playing decision was just like, oh, yeah, she knows algebra this time, but doesn't know what a, what a sandwich is uh, <laughs> and also doesn't know where they came from. Uh, but I think if you want to roll maybe uh, Arcana, I can give you some insight here on what's going on. Oh, yeah, I, I, I could roll some Arcanas, roll some Bones. I got 11. <laughs> I, got, I got a 9, which was technically a natural 1 plus 8. Is, that's that's embarrassing. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Fran rolls a uh, natural nine, which results in a seven. Let's go. <laughs> if Hardy fails and you get a botch there, yeah. I think not only do you not know, I think uh, this has uh, uh, scrambled your understanding of what's going on. Gladys, you assume some wrong things here. Why don't we work together? Because I don't want to just tell you what your character thinks, but I want to give a kind of a unique angle to the wrongness here. Yeah, like my very first thought and like the thing that Gladys has already been kind of leaning toward assuming is like, okay, if this guy isn't from the art biome, the, then the, the biome we're going towards, like the pitch black one, like maybe whoever made that one made people and she doesn't know why or how, but like, th like that must be something related. It must be re related in some way, but like I'm, I'm sure that there's a way that she could be more wrong about that <laughs> okay so you think the botch consequence is you think uh that the gods uh, or at least one god broke the no uh intelligent life rule and is just creating people up here yeah M right. maybe she thinks that's what the traitor god did hence the traitor <laughs> Yeah, last episode you found some notes from an explorer who said they had an encounter with the traitor god. And so your understanding is they haven't used their powers to create a new ecosystem, which would have made things. But that can be part of the botch misunderstanding. You're like, oh, this traitor god not only didn't die and create their own biome, they're just out here creating people now. Like they're just, they're going sicko mode. <laughs> and it's making the most obtuse person humanly possible. <laughs> <laughs> this traitor god yeah. <laughs> traitor god's got some weird motives going on Gla Gladys is like oh, that's so weird that they would just walk off the walk off and make people but not other things I hmm <laughs> <laughs> crystals are a weird way to go about it too why did it have no body why was it just there on the ground are they like people are they like people Things not it, it took an inanimate object. Is it like like just take things and make it it? How are you sure that you have a body? What if you're just a bunch of electricity riding in whatever material you're in? I mean, I I, I do I do have lightning breath, so there is something to be said about that. Trey just sort of like, <laughs> wait a minute, that makes sense. <laughs> That's where all the electricity comes from. Yeah, now Trayan thinks he's sentient lightning. C good job, guys. <laughs> like, does, does Trayan think he's, he's lightning? Uh, but, whoa, shit, that's a... God damn it, I rolled an intelligence for the chuckles. I rolled a natural 19, but it makes it a 17. So, like, but Trayan's really certain that he is a just physical embodiment of lightning. Um, 
I, I think I think Throg has a feeling that we're not going to get any like pertinent information from this creature. Uh, so he's instead going to pivot to Dio. What do you want to do? Happy birthday, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Uh, Dio says, "I don't know. I I just want to look around and uh, see things and talk to people." I'm Dio. Okay. Um, uh, he's gonna he's gonna sort of group huddle with the team for a second and go look. I we do not have time for this. This creature is, frankly, it doesn't seem to have any idea what's going on. Um, do do we just send it towards the beach or the farm? It's, there's people there. <laughs> You're in this huddle, and you're saying that suddenly Dio joins the huddle and just says in your voice, I am loving my new friends. We are all so close together, and now I can smell you. <laughs> Did you do that? <laughs> okay, I'm just going to send it away. Hello, Dio. Um, You want to meet new people, yes? Absolutely. I want to meet people. I want to taste things. I want to smell them and then touch them. I am the other sense that I do not have name for. Well, I would appreciate if you did all of that, not using my voice, but whatever. Um. <laughs> Dio goes and commits identity theft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's impersonates Throg all over the place and just smears Throg's name. <laughs> We don't have. Did we have an idea of where the farm? I know we got kind of discombobulated by when we got knocked onto the beach. Um, do you have any idea where the other biomes are? Yeah, we're in this area here, and so we can just point Dio towards the direction of where the mines are, roughly, and that's all how they get to central um, central station. So we we can give directions, I believe, in that direction directionally. I, I I think that's what we should do at this point. Yeah, I, got, I, got, I like it, with with all of Gladys's note taking. Like she probably doesn't have like a like a map you could use, but she's probably been keeping track of the directions. Maybe we've been going in, and she, like just like oh yeah, yeah if you want to if you want to see new people, you can just go the opposite direction we came. There's new people there eventually. Uh, why, why, why don't you? You don't want me to come with you? Did you don't like me? Did I do something wrong? No, 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 it's no, 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 no. It's 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 the the main thing is we don't know what we're going to get into. We don't know how dangerous it's going to be. And as much as we'd like to have as many friends around as possible, uh, I think we'd feel pretty awful if we brought someone along without knowing what we're getting into and something terrible happened. What's dangerous, partner? Uh, I mean, I don't know what's dangerous. We, there's so much around us we don't even know about. Like, I can't say I do know that there's this big guy that we came across named Rex has, you know, uh, at least five arms, maybe more than that. I don't, I couldn't, I could, I lost count after a few of them, and they, they uh, don't seem to take kindly to anyone other than themselves and. The direction we're going is probably where Rex is, so uh, I I think we'd feel awful if you came along and you know just got smashed up by that guy. Uh, yeah, I think Throg would just simply say, "Look, we are on a very dangerous task. You seem to be unequipped and unaware of your surroundings. You would be safest probably 
at the farm, which you can get through, and then he goes off to describe roughly the directions that they, he, uh, Dio can take. Uh, you seem like a harmless individual. I do not want to see you get hurt. Also, may I have my spear back? <laughs> uh, Dio says, yes, you can have spear back, but you should know. I am the dangerous one. And Dio gives you a little poke in the tummy like the Pillsbury Toeboy. <laughs> oh, well, now what does that mean? Oh, I, 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 I sure, I, 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 I'm sure, I, I, I believe that. But it, we, we're looking for something that's going to be extremely dangerous. My, I, I, I don't, even, don't even know what the heck it is. It, it, but we do know what the farm is. We do know what we came through was. And what it is is things that you can go look at. Wow! Wow! You 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 all really like the word dangerous. We're using it a lot. Is that is is it cool? Sure, now? I am. It's a, is is that is it cool and popular to use that word? Should I use it as much as as dangerously as I want? Can't stop you. Just using the word because it applies to us a lot. You know, it does sound cool when you say it. Yeah. Now that you've mentioned that. Hmm. It's important to sound cool. You're being dangerous. Yeah, let's be dangerous. Let's get dangerous. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, this Dio is funny. Duck, you know. Dio like takes on traits of other people and kind of does like you know mirroring and mimicking naturally, and it seems like it's endearing to Gladys and Tran, but not Throg. I, I think Throg's Throg just exasperated. <laughs> look, look, if if he had grandkids, he'd be fine with this, but right now he's got bigger fish to fry, quite literally. <laughs> uh, I I was gonna say Throg would have offered Dio his spears so Dio has something to defend itself with. But I don't want to cause a time paradox. I mean, it's funny you say that because you're sending Dio back along the coast of the sea to where Dio will end up when the party meets them. But we know somewhere along the way their memory gets reset. And so anything you say or do now will be canonically undone, I guess, by that time. Mm-hmm. We then see another reset when Vimble uh, kills Dio. That's something no one ever said out loud. I feel like uh, Sophie was being very subtle and oh, not a lot of people picked up on it. But when uh, Dio got brought to zero hit points and crumbled away and then was like reconstituted and had new memories entirely, for a new one, that's essentially death, right? If everything you were is erased, <laughs> like even if you are physically still there, that is like analogous to being killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, man, this Vimble guy kind of sounds like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that that's an understatement. Take heart in the knowledge that you, by letting Rex go, inadvertently and indirectly killed Vimble yourself. <laughs> Heck yeah! Murder by <laughs> murder, murder by uh, by allowing someone to leave gracefully. Good job, Gladys. I don't know if it was graceful. Skin, Rex's skin was melting <laughs> off, and he was kind of hightailing it out of there. Listen, that's just a chemical peel. It's completely. Uh, it, 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 you were, you know, there were. It was a glow up. Okay, you know. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, you can you can give uh, Dio your spear without creating a time paradox. They will uh, go west until they get to people, and then what happens to them until we see Dio on screen with pants or pets for the first time? Um, I isn't really you know for the audience necessarily. There aren't one, there aren't any player characters to witness it, so I feel like that's what I call fan fiction space. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. fan fiction space. Mm-hmm. A little coffee shop AU where Dio spills a latte on someone who punches them out so hard their brain resets. Mm-hmm. Uh, before Thog gives them the spear, he's going to press one last question. Uh, what do you mean you are dangerous? Oh, allow me to show you this power I call the Eldritch Blast. And uh, Dio turns to face a big pencil tree. We, I think we discussed as like, uh, you know, little graphite leaves and just simply vaporizes it with a purple beam from her hands. Okay, uh, then you won't be needing my spirit. <laughs> yeah, if you just go that way, you'll eventually hit people. Okay, I'm Dio. And Dio waves as Dio walks away. Gladys waves and says, it was nice meeting you, Dio. Bye. <laughs> Very awkwardly. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was good meeting you. I'm glad we're both dangerous. Have good, have good danger. You too. Have a nice danger. <laughs> there's a, there's some dang and rumpa shit there. When Dio imitates Gladys, does Dio cover one of their eyes? <laughs> no, but Gladys has two eyes. One of them is just made out of glass and glows. David. So I think what Dio, Dio would just make one of their eyes glow. You know. Uh, that's very funny, though. <laughs> it's a good idea. Yeah, we should re- reiterate because uh, Gladys's glass eye with that fills with different colored potions is fucking sick as hell. But this is not a visual medium, so you may occasionally forget that something sick as hell is happening. But mm-hmm. this is your episodely reminder. Gladys is sick and ha- sick as hell. Has a cool glass eye. N- next time I n- next time I draw her, I, I'll I'll, pro- I'll probably include that. I, I've been doodling her with it, but I can't fucking post it because it's spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you'll be able to post it in uh, five hours from now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're dating this recording, but uh, all right. So D- Dio walks off to meet their fate, and uh, you all are ready to enter the next ecosystem. Are there any roles you want to make or conversations you want to have as you walk towards the darkness in the east? I don't know what to list that as, as, quote, danger to dragons or not. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, it... it it can defend it can defend itself all right, but you know, I mean, so there's only one of them, and if you talk about dragons categorically as all the dragons, I think they can be fine. Also, I don't think they really are a threat unless we made them one. So it did talk about uh, shedding my skin to take a new form, uh, and yeah. if it lacks the ability to understand that. That could cause a problem if it attempts to help someone with that. Dio peeling an ancient red dragon like a shrimp. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did worry for a minute that maybe if the if that if that crystal goes into a statue, it could go into living things. But I I I don't I don't know if that's how it would work because it seemed that 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 Dio person seemed to have a very strict delineation between it being itself and like all of us the three of us being like living creatures with like biological processes 
Sprinkles has been here the whole time. Obviously, she doesn't talk, uh, but she's been watching. And now that uh, Dio has left, I think the Aboleth pipes in and says, uh, you know, that's, that's a bunch of malarkey, Jack. That's, that's, that's a bioweapon right there. If you find another one of those gems, you need to hold on to that. You need to bring that back to me. I'm going to do some experiments with that. We need to, we need to slap that on some, some, some ne'er-do-wells and see if it, you know, uh, it melts them and turns them into something else, you know? Like if it's a bad, bad guy in your neighborhood and you gem him and now it's like another different guy who's on your team. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure we will, shaking my head. <laughs> Shaking my head violently, like doing a cutting motion on my neck, like, no. Isn't by definition it's not a bioweapon? That was a rock. Listen, fat, I don't need your your back sass. You're my little guy. I'm not your little guy. I'm the big guy here. You you talked to Well, how am I fat if I'm a little guy? <laughs> this I don't I don't need this. I'm 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 going back to the I'm going back to my underwater lair. You, oh thank you, God. Uh, you could feel the uh, Aboleth turn to one side and shake hands with someone who's not there before swimming away what (laughs) god damn it (laughs) shit Sarah you didn't see that video of President Joe Biden shaking hands with someone who didn't exist no I didn't god this this (laughs) have have we considered that joe biden is so close to death he can see ghosts (laughs) even though i know this guy has a name that the the team hasn't learned he's just always going to be joe biden fish to me it's just it's that the whole thing is they're psychologically very old i don't know what to tell you the characterization wrote itself it came to me in a vision (laughs) (laughs) all right uh, I think nature is the role we uh, arrived at with sweets. Yeah, nature sounds fine. Yeah, roll the six. All right, that's a better roll. 18. 11. <clears throat> All right, 11 and 18 are above average, so I'll give you a little bit, but not too much because we only have one above 15. Uh, so as you approach the next biome, the first thing that sticks out to you is a, a drop in temperature. It's not suddenly a freezing or anything, uh, but it definitely feels like this place, the darkness uh, means that there's like no sunlight on such a constant basis that it is chilly. Um, it's, it's dark so much that you can barely see like more than a couple steps ahead of you. Uh, let's actually go around and everyone tell us about your, your dark vision. I know Trayan has blind sight. Uh, yeah, let me see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Throg does not have dark vision, so he has to use Gort, who does as a seeing eye dog. Yes, in the biome of life, we talked about this. You have a seeing eye, a Gort, and Treyon can see like Daredevil, and I think Gladys is the only one who just naturally has dark vision. That is correct. Uh, but at this point, Throg will just, I guess, spark up a torch and carry it. That's no fun. <laughs> I, 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 I thought you were. I thought you were gonna implore Treya to escort you across the street. You know, as an old man, you know, just needing some help. Oh, he's got his seeing eye street, dog for that. That's true. His, That's his true. Wonderful dog Gort. Throg used to seeing eye dog in the meat bio because he didn't know what was gonna happen if he lit a lit a goddamn torch inside of a giant meat man. Mm-hmm. Fair. fair. Uh, so as you go into the next biome, the first thing you'll notice is that it is a kind of scrubland, which is to say it's like a, a 
ecosystem with small plants, like not, not particularly healthy plants. There's like a heather is the name of the plant I'm thinking of, kind of like a pink, mm. uh, a little plant that's on the ground, but there's not any trees. It seems like whatever lives here is struggling to live, uh, which is interesting because it was created like that. This is not a, you know, place that was like destroyed or, or warped or anything. This is apparently the intended, uh, uh, situation. Uh, so it's just like little bits of Kaluna and low grass on this, uh, moor is the, is the word for what this, uh, kind of system is. Um, and there's some changes in elevation. Like as you're walking, you can feel the ground sloping up and down, but it's not, they're not hills. They're not mountains. It's just gentle slopes into darkness and you can hear noises in the distance uh from pretty much every direction uh which give you some pause but with the, your rolls 11 and 18 i'm just going to say there are things in the darkness you don't know if they're dangerous or friendly mm. uh what does the sky look like G- great question uh it is very 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 dark <laughs> obviously, but there are stars, a beautiful amount of stars uh, living in the year 2022. Uh, it, you look out the window and it's hard to see stars because of light pollution. But if you ever go into like, you know, the wilderness, the, the night sky looks way different. Um, and it's much more like, yeah, if you travel into kind of the, the Everglades or something, I guess it's my experience and look up into the sky. It's much more like that. If they're big, uh, juicy stars up there. They're extremely numerous in a way that you've probably never seen before. Uh, but no no sun or moon, as far as you can tell, at least not now. Mm-hmm. There are no trees, right? Correct. There, are, You look around, and specifically the thing I want to give you is only small a scrubland or like more plants like like ankle height uh like kaluna or heather uh nothing with like leaves nothing that requires photosynthesis on us on a scale of like a tree because of the lack of sunlight right if you if i look at the stars does it look like these stars are intentionally set up to maybe look like constellations great question um let us get a history roll uh, Tran rolls helpfully a three. <laughs> uh, let me let me see if I can help. Party fails probably, but let's. <laughs> Party fails, but Gladys gets an eighteen. She's the only one who paid attention to that guy back in Grendel. <laughs> <laughs> so three, four, and eighteen. The party fails. I think Gladys, you probably are, you know, more knowledgeable than your companions, but none of you have any astronomy uh, background, and so no, you are not able to understand any significance of the, the layout of the stars. All I'm going to tell you is that there are, mm-hmm. are many of them, and they are bigger and brighter than they would otherwise be in any other uh, ecosystem you're familiar with, or you know, in the old world or in the in the histories. Uh, it is an unnatural starry sky. Uh, but mm. it seems like, you know, beautiful, if that's helpful. <laughs> uh, what do these sounds we keep hearing sound like? Oh, we love to make rolls. Uh, to hear sounds is perception, because hearing is one of the five senses. Do, does my passive perception feat help? I got a plus 10 for that. Holy Christ almighty. <laughs> it's it's only for passive perception. If I'm actively doing this, I'm a lot worse at it. Uh, that's an 18 from Trayan. All right. 2017 18 the party passes the flying colors so i guess this is the scene to reset the whole thing you enter this biome where there's no sun uh it's it's cold and dark and there's little plant life you're kind of going up and down small uh elevation changes in in relative uh 
you know, quiet while in the distance there are sounds. And then uh, at a certain point you stop, Throg says like, are those stars anything? And everyone compares notes and it's like, if they are, we don't know what. <laughs> and then uh, you, you're, your hearing picks up kind of more specific sounds. And I'll, I'll give you this, which is that they're getting closer. Why, while this, why this works the way it does is because like, as you've been traveling, these sources of the sounds have kind of been closing in on you. Mm -hmm. um, and what they are are different animals. Uh, from one side, you hear what are now clearly wolf howls, uh, like distant communicative howls. Um, from another side, you hear what appears to be the like shrieks of uh, predatory birds. Um, and I think in another uh, direction, uh, probably the uh, echolocation noises of bats. Okay. So wolves, bats, and... I'm going to say uh, with uh, 20, 17, 18, owls. Hmm. All right. So this looks to be some sort of nocturnal biome. Um, the, Dan, the, it, how different would the main campaign be if you had been there from the beginning? Just absolutely. Like Dan would have probably just like, like fucking zipped through everything. Like nailed it every time. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, dad walks. Dad walks into a movie theater, but and while the previews are playing, he just calls out the plot twist for the movie that's about to play. Somehow on the nose, um, you're at the popcorn stand. You're just like Edward Norton and Brad Pitt are the same guy. Just like I can tell from here. <laughs> in, in real life, that's the real fucked up part. <laughs> <laughs> no, then, 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 then they would be like, you know, this movie's going to be co-opted decades later and have its message completely misconstrued by people because they're just fucking chuds. Um, mm -hmm. Anyways. See, see, what was throwing me was the lack of, uh, lack of like, moon uh, at first. Mm -hmm. But with, with, like, we got owls, we got, uh, we got wolves, something, something. What was the third thing you said? Uh, bats. Owls, birds, and bats. That was it. The, 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 um, like I, I, I've been meaning to, um, just like when, when the time came out for it, like, just like try to ask Sprinkles, like, are you still leading us through here? Have you been in here before or are we in new territory completely? Uh, you ask Sprinkles that she shakes her head in a kind of a cloud of cigar smoke. And then you hear the Abolith say, no, hey, we just took you to where Sprinkles was. It was the the following the explorers, and uh, we don't know where they went. Maybe they got ate up by wolves or something. And you found their wreckage, but that was the clue that Sprinkles found. Oh, I see. I see. Okay, so lo lo lots of animals howling and hooting in the distance. I I have an idea. Um, I think we should use the holocaster and play a Yu-Gi-Oh card, Mystical Moon, to get some moonlight in here so we can see what's <laughs> happening. Yeah, I don't know if we talked about this on air. I think I said to Sarah that, you know, you can use uh, one of the uh, cards to summon something, but don't worry about the mechanics because there are like a dozen conjuration spells in D&D and they all involve like other character sheets. It's a whole thing. But if you want to summon something, I will, uh, you know, take care of that for you. Yeah. I think like a moon would be cool because it could be like, it could act as like some, like, I don't know if there's a specific like moon spell, like you said something, but like, it could just be like a cool nightlight to carry around on my wrist or follow us. However it works. There, there is mystical moon, and there's also, if we need to break it out later, attack the moon. Uh, I was going to say blood moon from Magic the Gathering, a, a extraordinarily iconic and powerful card. 
I, I've been using a lot of Howling Moon lately in my werewolf deck. There are a lot of sick moon cards, huh? The moon is <laughs> sick as hell. It's great. <laughs> the moon rocks. <laughs> local moon enthusiast here. I love it. Bro, you, bro, you heard about this thing? It's fucking cheese. <laughs> All right. Actually, the way this is going to work, because this is a really clever solution to what I think you may not have even realized was a puzzle, but you have kind of jumped several stages ahead inadvertently. Uh, everyone animal handling, except for Gladys, you do so with advantage because if you summon a moon here. Okay. With advantage, that was 11. <laughs> it was 11 instead of a botch. <laughs> <laughs> You almost double botched. That's funny. Uh, so 11, 8, and 22. Uh, even with advantage, the party does not get the 15 I was looking for to avoid a, an encounter altogether uh, with two above averages, I will say. Uh, which of the three would you like to not have to face uh, as a predator-prey situation? Because as the animals get closer, you notice they are much larger than you were expecting. Uh, these these wolves are the size of polar bears, uh, and the bats and the owls are, you know, they can pick you up and fly away as if you were mice. Mm -hmm. uh, well, mm. owls are the world's slowest bird, so maybe we can leave them to stay. <laughs> okay. Uh... You're just, you're just not offended the owls fans of the show here, Dan. I'm just gonna let you know. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a powerful block of voters. The caucus is real. <laughs> my my gut says wolves. I, I was thinking either wolves or bats. I mean, wolves are pretty cool, so let's avoid them. That's <laughs> uh, frog. You have the 22. Pay me the picture of you. Uh, you know, incorporating the moon if you would like uh, into kind of uh, scaring off some of these large predators. Okay, uh, I think the the best way that this could work is um like the, these wolves are approaching on us, right? And the alpha's clearly out front, even though I don't think wolves actually have alphas. And the guy who originally wrote that paper spent the rest of his career trying to get people to stop believing that. Completely um, discredited, only applicable to uh, populations in human care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think, like, Throg and Gort just drop to all fours and, like, howl back at it as a threat to tell it to fuck off. <laughs> all right, yeah, the wolves uh, kind of confer among themselves with, you know, uh, growls and uh, yips and yaps uh, and then take off into the night, uh, not wanting any of that smoke. Uh, roll initiative, though, as bats and owls uh, start swooping down and trying to pick you up and carry you away back. Uh, to their cave and nest, respectively, to eat you. Oh no! Sweet. Um, uh, I, I has an eleven. Gladys has a ten. Twenty-three. <sighs> Natural twenty. Ten. All right. Um, all right. Throg, you are up first. I will say these are aerial enemies, a bit trickier to fight. Uh, so take that into consideration. Uh, okay. Let's see here. Um, I can throw my spear at him. Absolutely. Uh, so there, there's like how, how many how many owls are we dealing with here versus how many bats? Uh, it is really dark, so it is hard to get an exact idea. Uh, for uh, mathematical purposes, there are two enemies, which are bats and owls. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna swing twice at. Let's go with the the owls. Let's let's just beat up these birds. Uh, and I'm going to uh, try to get them with my. Uh, Actually, no. Uh, so I assume if I try to just swing at them, I'm going to get a penalty of some sort because they're flying. 
Absolutely. Okay. I am going to throw my spear at him and just sort of deal with that. Uh-huh. Uh, and then use my breath weapon to try to just guarantee some damage Ooh. Uh, by scorching him. There we go. That's, that's the lateral thinking of the flying enemy puzzle. Uh, so this first. Uh, that's a crit. Holy uh, shit. Ooh. So this would be minus one damage to it because this is the spear, which only has a plus one. Uh, we had to mechanically count it for whatever. Uh, so that's 13, and there's going to be the favored foe as well. Uh, so let me roll. Go, go on. The total damage is 17 for that for doing one-handed because you have to include the crit damage in there as well. Yeah, so that's 29 on the on the first hit when I uh, throw the my flaming spear into this uh, swarm. All right, so uh, you have immediately impaled one of these. Uh, what, which one was it, owl or bat? Uh, I think I went with the owls, yes. So this is a great horned owl, uh, like the size of a school bus, and it just comes out of the darkness. You can't see. You don't have dark vision, but you hear the sound it makes, and Gort barks in a direction, and you just hurl the angel-blessed spear uh, infused with Gort's uh, you know, uh, fire, and it just impales it through the chest, and this thing drops out of the sky, dead as a stone, and slams into the ground. Uh, An incredible—I mean, you crit, so it's as badass as it could possibly be uh for something that you know by any metric should have killed you (laughs) single-handedly so (laughs) that's that's what you get for being the world's slowest bird (laughs) (laughs) uh kiwis out here feeling very powerful right now (laughs) Uh, the slowest flighted bird oh okay (laughs) dead out dead out to afford to offend every avian at look, once. Look, kiwis are great. They have to pass an egg that's basically the size of their body. They're they're ripping that kiwi Yossi clean open. <laughs> anyway, uh, I assume there are more owls left. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, uh, then I will use uh, my breath weapon to try to guarantee some damage on them. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Twenty three. I save against the breath weapon. Yep, you take half damage. All right, so that's three damage. Yeah, yeah, very little. You basically just light up a a a murder <laughs> of owls. Hold on, let me look up the collective noun for owls. Should have done this beforehand. <laughs> Foolish. Uh, losers. <laughs> no, it's a parliament. Oh yeah, I think I learned that in like high school. It's like a fun fact. You're telling me fucking Batman has an enemy named, uh, like, group called the Court of Owls, and it's not even the name of the group of owls. I mean, all of the collective nouns were basically made up by one guy on a whim, like, 200 years ago or something. I feel like I remember reading that. It's not, like, any official scientific thing. It was kind of just for funsies. Ah, God damn it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, yeah. Uh, So I do that, and then finally, Gort will attack. There is a plus three to this, because for whatever reason, I can't find the right place that this runs. Uh, So that'd be a 12. Uh, Walter of Bibsworth in the mid-1200s, earliest source for collective nouns of animals in any European vernacular. Some guy just decided. Some guy just decided. Uh, First collection of nouns made by Juliana Berners, published in 1486. Wow. Uh, a real girl boss publishing books in 1486. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, we can do this for a while, but uh, Trayon, I believe it's your turn. Yep. Um, all right. So in order to get up high enough to deal with 
some of these. I'm going to have to invoke um, the wings unfurled element from Monk. So I'm basically going to tap a step of the wind, which is the disengage or dash as a bonus action as Monk, um, and activate wings unfurled. So train like like crouches down and then leaps up into the air with the etheric like magical wings kind of sprouting from his back and then proceeds to try to I don't know punch at the nearest bat that they come across so uh first attack that's uh, a 25 and second attack is 15 for that set there does not hit all right so first attack hits that's 10 lightning damage as Tran strikes how it does it look like it's holding up all right still <laughs> yep all right then i'm just going to just go ahead and just action search because why not oh actually no, i can't do it my mistake roll back i'm only a level one fighter i can't action search yet <laughs> um no so Tran jumps up in the air uh punches at that bat and then uh is Going to have to kind of start sinking back down to the ground while trying to grab on and drag the bat with him in the process. It's very funny that I was like, I'm going to give them uh, a fight against a group of flying enemies in pitch darkness. What a what a devilish trap. And you're like, oh, we can see in the dark. We can fly. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and we can do AOE attacks. So Absolutely. And sometimes you just roll 20. I just, I just, I just like the idea of like Trent is attempting to suplex a bat into the ground or something <laughs> like Sabin. <laughs> can we find a trade? Can, can uh-huh. Trent suplex a trade? I don't know. We'll do an Eberron season someday. Uh, the Trent will come along for that. Got it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cast Flaming Sphere and uh, center it like in the middle of like the s- swarm of bats that we are facing since. Uh, Trayan and Throg have been dealing with the owls, I think, pretty well so far. All right. I'm going to make a dexterity save. 13. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. That's going to be... Let's see. Did I roll the right dice? 2d6. Yeah, I think so. 7 fire damage. Uh, no, it's 12. 12 fire damage. included your alchemist. That's right. That's yeah, right. Al- al- yeah. 12 fire damage. All right, so you unstop one of your potions, uh, and just a giant uh, ball of fire erupts from it into the sky. It's like the sun. We've got the moon, and now we've got the sun. Oh, we're, my we're, God. We're doing it. <laughs> Making this happen. This is like when they printed Blood Sun to go along with Blood Moon. <laughs> um, now it is enemy's turn. I'm going to need two people to make saves. Um, Gladys... Uh, you attack the bats, so I need you to make a dexterity save as they swarm you and begin biting you all over. Uh, and for Throg, I'm going to need a strength save as a great horned owl tries to pick you up and carry you away. Okay. I've got a dex save of 18. Oh, Christ, that's a one. Oh, oh no! Right. Oh, well, botch. Woo! Yes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's my one good save. Um, so Gladys, you're going to take half, which is only a measly three damage as some bats uh, draw blood, like as, a, as if you were a cow being you know, bit by a vampire bat. But it's just a trickle. Uh, they don't have time to lick your wounds <laughs> the way vampire bats do yet, but uh, just three damage. Uh, meanwhile, Throg is just airborne, and owl's talons snap over your whole body, and you were lifted. Uh, and basically, now there's a timer until Throg uh, is gone, <laughs> because the, the owl is simply leaving the battlefield with you. Hmm. 
Well, okay, that tells me what what Trey should be doing next. Got it. <laughs> yeah, this is this is probably the worst thing that could happen uh, in this fight. Is watching this, I'm going to say, Throg, it is no- normally your turn, but you are just restrained. You do not get to move right now. It is now Trey's turn. Mm-hmm. You're still airborne with your astral uh, dragon monk feature. Uh yeah, Trey's going to fly after the owl that has Throg, and Trayan does have a higher nor- than normal speed because Monk, so... You are going to take an attack of opportunity from the things you're moving away from. Do it. Let's have it. 16. Amazing. Uh, that 16 took out Dan's connection to the call, but it missed Trayan. Um. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, so Trey had this mission. He just sort of flies up at the owl and proceeds to, uh, let's do some, let's do some punches here. Uh, 19. That hits. All right. Um, I'm going to do damage. That's nine damage. Um, the owl needs to now do a saving throw to avoid being stunned. All right. 17. Damn. Got it. All right. Well, second attack, uh, 12. Miss. All right, I uh, will burn another key point and do Flurry of Blows. 27. Definitely hits. And uh, 20. Definitely hits. G- Gort's going to infuse those strikes, by the way. Three. So, all right, so Tran did a total of nine, uh, 13, 16, so that's 25. Uh, let's go with uh, fire damage on the owl there. All right, the night sky lit up by these punches and kicks in the back of this owl. Uh, you definitely singe off a bunch of feathers, but actually it is still up and going. And, uh, you know, t- time is running out for this. Uh, the owl is going to go higher and higher, which is going to make the drop fatal in addition to trying mm. to take you away. So those are the stakes. Um, but you did, yeah. you, that bat tried to stop you. Just, you kicked off him, uh, Trey, and, and did like, you know, a flying punch to the back of this owl, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got another breath weapon left. Could I just unleash on the underside of this thing? Uh, oof. uh, you can. I will say it's a dangerous maneuver. You'll take splash damage. I think you'll fall, or unless you're immune to your own breath weapon, I guess. Uh, I'm re- resistant to it. Mm. Okay. I'm not saying no. I'm saying it's a gamble, it's a fun gamble. I'm interested in it. Yeah, I think I need to make a concentration check since Flaming Sphere is a concentration spell and I got bit. Yeah, you just took a a little bitty damage, so roll, but you should succeed. It was just three. Okay, that's... You save. Okay, cool. It's a 14, so yeah. Perfect. Flaming Sphere is still operational. I have rolled to save against it and botched. So you uh, are going to fuck up these bats with your big ball of fire. Roll damage on me. 11 fire damage to those bats. All right. Another solid hit as you just uh, start burning bats out of the sky. They're now like raining like uh, fuzzy hailstones as you hit them with fire. And they get they kind of go limp because they're, they're only flying on thin, membranous wings. Mm-hmm. Um, so your, your enemies are pretty beat up. The owl took a beating and these bats are getting burned. And now it is their turn again. Two things happen. One is the crushing of the talons on Throg. Strength save again. Okay. 11. Not going to do it. You take 20 damage, and the owl uh, you know, tries to essentially wrench you apart uh, as it's flying away. It's almost like a, if I can't have them, no one can uh, vibe. Mm. Um, Question. Yeah. 
does it fly away from Trey in? It is trying to. It is not going to be successful because of your your monk speed. It's just a question of if it gets high enough that even killing the owl will kill Throg. Mm. I, I thought I thought you were gonna. I thought I was gonna be able to get an opportunity attack at it while trying to fly away from Trey in. Mm. Um, mm. And then the bats, the remaining bats, are gonna try to uh, attack. Uh, Gladys to stop that fire, which I don't know if they fully understand how that works. They just saw it came from you. And so they're trying to swarm you. Now they're like in your mouth and eyes. Uh, dexterity oh, saving throw. <laughs> okay. 18. Oh, you save again. You take half, which is eight. Uh, so they're, you know, biting you, scratching you, flying all over you, trying to, uh, you know, t- t- shut you down. And you can just close your mouth and eyes and hold your breath and, you know, try to concentrate on the fire as it burns them away. Uh, so you need to make a constitution saving throw and beat uh, that damage you just took to keep the fire active, which should finish the bats off on the upcoming turn. Beat okay. an eight with a con save. Should I do that now or when my turn happens? Yes, when you take the damage is when you're supposed to roll. Okay, that. So that is 13. There you go. Uh, we are back to Tran. Can you do enough damage to this owl? Tran's going to try, so moves in, you know, does like a, does like a Chung Lee, like, you know, helicopter kick sort of maneuver sort of action there. First attack is a 17. Hits. Uh, second one is a 26. Hits. So that so far is uh, 17 fire damage on the owl. Infused strikes, an extra one. <laughs> 18 damage there. Uh-huh. How's it looking? I mean, you're kicking its ass. It's still up, though. Uh, All right, another flurry of blows then. All right. Um, 16. Misses. 27. There you go. Uh, that's another, well, minimum damage, six fire damage. So that's a total of... Uh, with your 60 22 fire damage on the owl there um with a one more stunning strike attempt on that last hit um so constitution saving throw on the owl 14 that fails all right so it is stunned if that doesn't do it i'll just breathe fire on it if it it kills me it kills me (laughs) I mean, I love this. Yes, let's do this. This is the most interesting end of the fight for me is the the stunning uh, strike hits the owl. It loses its senses enough that to let you do this thing uh, point blank. Uh, so I think I'm looking up directly at this thing's face while Trayan's kicking it in the back of the head, which drives its head down to look directly at me. And the last thing it sees uh, is uh, Throg open its mouth and fire rise from his throat as he blasts this thing right in the face. All right, so you are going to take half of that damage you just dealt, so four, and then you are going to fall out of the air. Uh, I think Throg would like to try to grab this... um, owl and essentially try to wrestle it so it's under him so we can try to use it to break his fall you're gonna try to turn it into uh, a paraglider soft owl cushion <laughs> I just like the idea of like Trey just grabbing the old man just like using himself as a as a uh, as a cushion um, Throg as- can I get acrobatics to try this maneuver of you turning uh, what was an enemy into uh, a glider Okay, here we go. 
Uh, that'd be a 12. All right. So it's going to work above average, which means you are going to take reduced damage instead of full damage. Uh, but you are going mm-hmm. to like fall out of the air, uh, and you kind of, uh, you know, crawl onto its back or twist its body and try to glide using its natural aerodynamics. Um, so mm-hmm. in the background of Gladys, uh, concentrating on the fireball to burn away the rest of the bats, which we will roll damage for, uh, I am also going to roll damage on you, uh, slamming into the ground like a Breath of the Wild uh, bug compilation (laughs) where the the paraglider (laughs) clips through the environment and slings you 500 miles per hour. So, Gladys, tell me about this fireball with your dice. All right, this fireball gives a 10 more fire damage. It's like moths to a flame, but it's bats. All right. Oh, okay. So you're saying it actually attracts them away from you, almost. Um, a little bit. If it like, because I feel like it's a big fucking fire thing, and it's the thing that's like like keeping Gladys from Gladys concentrating on it, and it keeping her from being hit too bad. Feel like a like a chicken and egg thing. Sure, and I'm imagining you, you've closed your eyes and mouth to keep the bats from disrupting your concentration as they swarm you. And so your eyes are closed, but you feel its heat as you bring it closer to yourself to burn them away. And like probably a couple bats in this, in this swarm fly off into the night and just escape, but also some just like, you know, panicked, uh, just fly right into it and are vaporized. Yeah. Um, but if you want to add anything else, this that's the end of the fight, is you bringing the fireball up to your own, you know, snout, like the tip of your nose <laughs> as you burn away the last of them. But you have maintained your inner serenity and uh, won by not, not panicking, which is a big thing for you. That was like your whole character was like, oh, I'm, you know, uh, nervous and freaking out. Um, and now you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm the I master a fireball <laughs> and I destroy my enemies. <laughs> Yeah, I think th- I, th- I, th- I think um, Glad- Gladys is like taking like like got her eyes closed, her mouth closed, taking steady breaths through her nose. Like she's got this more than she would have at the start. You are wearing a Bronco's helm. Right? Yeah, yeah, so. I have been the whole time. All right, and now I'm going to roll for Throg slamming into the ground behind you. Twenty-two. I've got two health left, motherfucker. <laughs> Getting a text from Throg with your body mangled up with a, a giant owl corpse. And it just says, I lived, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, uh, how about we play a healing card on the holocaster real quick? Yeah, I got a like, fucking uh, uh, healing word. I, I I can just, like, what, once Throg has thwomped onto the floor, I can break my concentration and come over to help. I, I, I picture Throg in the Yamcha death pose on the ground, just like there's a crater and there's just Throg. Just, the Yamcha just lizard like, just is like, great. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Oh, boy. Throg, I have given you 12 health. I have spritzed my spray bottle on you. Thank you. <laughs> Meanwhile, Trayan... Meanwhile, Trayan falls in, falls safely on the ground next to Throg. Yet another fight where Trayan took zero damage for some reason. And just like, yeah, I swung on you a couple times, but your AC is sky high. I don't think anything has ever attacked Gort in this campaign. I would never. Nope. That's that's an Austin Yorsky promise. 
So what you're saying is I need to sort of always have Gort as a baby Bjorn off my chest as sort of an invulnerability shield. Ah, I see you've listened to the show before. This is called the Lauren Morgan. <laughs> baby Bjorn classic. Mm-hmm. The, the baby Bjorn shield, yes. And we had this exact uh, discussion in season seven. She did this to me and she said you would never attack uh, my, my animal. And I said, you're right. You're now invincible. <laughs> Throg is gonna sort of climb out of the the obliterated owl corpse, (laughs) (laughs) just panting and like, "Ah, Gladys, are there any healing cards in in that deck? (laughs) My bones. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Uh, Let's see where's the hit dice on this this goddamn thing. So I just pick how many hit dice I use and then hit rolled hit die is that right i will say uh gladys you can use your healing spray uh you know one of your alchemical uh spells and we see the color in your eye slightly drain is that how that works yeah cool because you can you can use the uh you know ability of the spell ring i think it's called the spell slot ring but it's a flavor is like the juice in your eye kind of goes down yeah, and that that uh, replenishes a spell slot, I think. Ah, oh, Christ, these rolls. <laughs> All right, why don't you paint me the picture of this rest? Because you're in the the biome uh, of darkness here. Uh, it's you know pretty pretty cold and lonely. You're pretty hurt. Uh, how does this uh, look in my mind's eye? Um. I, I picture that we make like a, a small little campfire or out of whatever we can get. Um, Trayan is doing what he can to help out Throg, despite having nothing he could do outside of maybe cooking for him or something. Uh, Throg is taking this fucking owl and and the the fire we've made, roasting the big uh, turkey leg like uh, limb uh, over the fire. Uh, so no no no, we're cooking the entire owl that just turns into a single giant leg. <laughs> Um, somehow from go. the one thing. There we go. Um. Now, see, it's actually dangerous to eat an apex predator because all the toxins in, a, in an environment go up the food chain. Something to think about. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, well th- there's nothing else in this environment. <laughs> actually, that's a good question. What the fuck are these things eating besides us? Yeah, roll survival to look around. 21 for Trayan. Incredible. Uh, 24. Wow. 14. 21 and 24 rock. Uh, you both got over 20. So in addition to the information, which is that the uh, surrounding moor is filled with uh, nocturnal animals, uh, rodents and insects, obviously, but just all kinds of different things. This is, um, you know, an uh, area of perpetual night. So none of these things are threatened by any of the, you know, the hunters that might be there in in the day to a normal animal. Instead, it's just always their preferred uh, time. Um, and there are, you can just, I Googled literally a list of nocturnal animals and I'm like, yep, they're all there. <laughs> so uh, if you want to talk about raccoons and possums, especially, uh, I would love to confirm that p- possums and raccoons especially are there and they are yes, vibing. Of course. They're chilling. They're relaxing. Yeah. They're keeping it tight. They, 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 yeah, they're somehow not threatened at all by the apex predators because yeah, they they have a pact. You know, they're 
they are secretly best friends. Uh, all of them are best friends with each other. We got the uh, the we have right we have the Rocket City Trash Pandas, you know, just vibing over here. That is an actual minor league team, um, along with the Quad City River Bandits, which is also a raccoon themed minor league team. Um, but a 21 and a 24, uh, additionally, if there's something you want in the environment, uh, we can talk about that because I want to give you a mechanical benefit in addition to the knowledge that, uh, so like, you know, possums eat ticks, you know, raccoons eat, uh, trash, mm-hmm. I guess. I, there wouldn't be any trash trash here. What do raccoons eat without human intervention? Mm-hmm. Raccoon diet. Apparently, capybaras are nocturnal, so I guess those are there. Yeah, we, we got we got fruit, plants, nuts, berries, insects, rodents, frogs, eggs, and crayfish. Yeah, I mean, raccoons are eating uh, all of those things here, so it's like a full ecosystem. It's just only night creatures, um, and it's. I, I have an idea for a, a night creature here. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, a lot of a lot of like nocturnal animals will use like starlight and moonlight to be able to to navigate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm suggesting some sort of uh, bioluminescent creature that can mimic starlight to confuse things like moths and things uh, like that that nature. That sounds sick. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I love bioluminescence. It looks cool no matter what. I mean, the thing that comes to my mind is the Pokemon Cresselia, which is a moon themed pokemon which is a kind of like floating psychic uh thing i don't know if you want to google that real quick but uh she's kind of oh, a yeah. almost the, the... A swan-like flying moon person what if it's just a giant a bunch of little crescent moons with faces floating around i mean that is also a pokemon that is um <laughs> uh Urs- no it's not ursaluna lunatone uh, Luna that's Lu- yeah. lunatone See, I'm actually thinking of Warhammer personally, but <laughs> uh, I do like the idea that there are a number of different moon-themed uh, creatures here, including all the ones we said just floating around. You know, you see a, a possum sneak up to your campfire and steal some uh, great horned owl meat, and then you're like chasing <laughs> it, and then you see a fucking lunatone just chilling <laughs> out, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, can it be that uh, one f- um, uh, food mascot that was like Mr. Moon or whatever? Oh, yeah. You're talking about uh, Mac Tonight. Mac Tonight? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Mac Tonight. Uh, a living cryptid. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. If there were sapien creatures here, yeah, you would be like, oh, that was a hard fought battle. We have to g- gather our strength for the morning. Wait, what's that? It's Mac Tonight. No. <laughs> He's just walking around. Just like, hey, it's me. <laughs> I'm here. It's my I, I, house. I remember. I, remember I, I know. I know that. I. I can't remember the lyrics to the commercial version that Mac that Mac tonight sang. But it's just like Mac the knife, but for McDonald's burgers. Uh, an idea for a creature. It it is a like a living moon type creature, but it only has a month long lifespan. Uh, that ends mm. when it reaches the new moon, which then spawns the next generation. That's fun. I like th- I like that this biome without an actual moon has all these like moon creatures to kind of almost su- it supplement for that. It, I don't know. It's aesthetically pleasing to me. So so when it so when it's like a when it's like a full moon, that's it. When it's in like it's you know it's breeding season, uh, and it's <laughs> a, they're doing all the like, all their their reproduction, and it's like salmon. As they reach their uh, the like the cre- the end of the crescent phase into the new moon, uh, how like salmon are basically zombies towards the end of their lifespan, where they just uh, release their eggs, die, and then the new generation comes up. 
Hmm. I wish I could do this with the other team and they wouldn't just say, what if it had a human face? What if I had a human face? What if I had a human face? <laughs> what if it also had a human face? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah, like, uh, like, well, actually, the other thought it'd be interesting would be, um, depending, I'm thinking about the moon phase thing. There's like, what if it depicted different things at the different phases there? Because I always like to think of like, there's the man of the moon, the rabbits on the moon, and stuff like that as a thing there, too. So. Uh, it's it's your mid month breeding season, and they give you this look. <laughs> oh, I'm afraid to open this. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to be. A, I'm going to have to cut that from the audio because this is nothing to them. But it's great. Um, <laughs> what about this one? Okay, I was going to say when you wake up in the morning, what do you do? But there is no morning. Uh, we know eventually your circadian rhythm awakens you, but it's still pitch black out. Uh, what is that like? Any conversations or roles we want to have here? I feel like definitely, like if if there's like no fucking sunlight, like Gladys waking up, it, maybe the others too. It's just like it's a little disorienting. Like took world's worst nap, woke up three hours later, f- feeling like shit. <laughs> uh-huh, uh huh. A raccoon is has one of your potions in its mouth. <laughs> No, little raccoon, you don't know what that does. <laughs> it's a it's an, a large reduced potion. Suddenly, it's raccoonzilla roll initiative. <laughs> oh, sweet. Gord has spent most of the night harassing raccoons. Yes, mm, absolutely. Mm. I I like the picture that Tran. It's up like whatever. At least here, yeah. Tran when he wakes up sees that it's still dark, shrugs, and then proceeds to do like some kata to kind of warm up and wake himself up. So he's just off listening to some music in his head and doing his little dancing shenanigans, you know, as he does. Uh, I think I think Throg is basically doing classic predator uh, scaring tactics of make a lot of noise so whatever is there stays away. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's the banging <laughs> pots and pans together. If I can't get he no does, sleep, he... neither can you. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think that um, Gladys is like trying to wake herself up at least, and like stretching, and like, um, like if she sees the others are awake, she's like so, like rubbing her eyes, like, what do you do? We even have any guesses what this form thing is we're going to find eventually? I just know it's powerful and potentially dangerous. But I have been racking my brain, and I can't for the life of me even start to figure th- things out. In my understanding, a form is the perfect ideal of something. Maybe these these perfect uh, platonic ideals were somehow used to create uh, these particular biomes, like a template, like a, a perfect a perfect sky being used to then create each individual uh astrological uh uh can uh fuck uh, uh god <laughs> jesus <laughs> Throg, i was just picturing throg saying that all in i landed on my like... head fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh, jesus uh, fuck christ trade walks over to try to think about the conversation but he does so while in a handstand so he's just like in a handstand while listening to throg talk through this yeah. Okay. A a perfect uh, the form of a perfect sky used to then create each individual biome sky. Maybe because there's this traitor quote unquote god 
this is somehow left over from that because it wasn't used up. Hmm. Hmm. It makes me think of, of, of like a, like when you when you sometimes in uh, like uh, sculpting, you you can like make like a, a mold of something and then make that over and over. You, you can use that to like make like a like like have like the mold of of, of like the perfect sky and then pe- people would like put their own spin on it as they used it yeah essentially that a master mold is what throg is is thinking that this might be because if it's if this is supposed to be a a brand new world why would this be here and how could it still be here at this point the aboleth pipes up and says yeah jack we if something like that we gotta destroy it we can't just let people be uh, making new stuff fresh from the mold that's dangerous to dragons you know it's dangerous to me it's, it's no bueno. Unless a dragon uses it, or you use it. Why would I use it? I have everything I need. I'm, I'm the most powerful uh, guy in the whole thing. I'm big, and I'm large, and I'm in charge. And you're a little guy. What do I got to worry about? Oh, uh, you, you just, just Gladys, like, like responding to the Abelith is just like, I, I don't, it, like, it, it could be anything. And because it's so powerful, it could be dangerous no matter what. So it could be like the platonic form of of adorable duckling that could be dangerous if you used it wrong. Well, uh, are you, if it was the adorable duckling, are you still going to destroy it? Like I asked, are you going to are you going to go all soft and try to keep it? You're like, oh, it's so cute. I don't even, I don't even care if uh, if, if Kashim makes the guy knock my other eye out. I mean, you can literally take control of me at any time, so the answer is sort of moot, isn't it? I mean, you could all go go down in a blaze of glory, I guess. But I, I think, I, I think Gladys would say, like, it genuinely does depend on what it is. I need to know what it is before I make my decision. Um, when you say that, uh, Sprinkles looks nervous, like her eyes kind of go wide and she walks away. She st- like starts, you know, uh, trying to put distance between yourself and, and you know, the Aboleth's telepathic range, basically, because then uh, you hear him say like, uh, come on, no, go back. I want to hear this. I want to hear you know, her plans to betray me. Sprinkles, stop it. Turn around. I want to hear this. And then uh, to apparently to protect you from yourself, Sprinkles <laughs> like walks away and takes uh, Kushim's, uh, you know, radio signal a little further away. Uh. <sighs> Thank you, Sprinkles. Thank you, Sprinkles. <laughs> she tips her hat <laughs> as she walks. Anyway, let us go find this, but whatever it is. I guess we'll just know what it is when we see it. I, I, I doubt it'll be, like, I, I doubt we'll, like, find a form and be like, well, I don't know if it is a form or not. Unless, unless it's like, the, unless it's the platonic ideal of the darkness. I mean, maybe you can cast magic missile against it or something, but... You, you know, know how you would know if it's the platonic form of the darkness is if as you approach, you just hear... I believe I believe in a thing called love. <laughs> <laughs> right when you do it, right when you do it, Austin, Discord cuts you off. It's like you're not gonna make the joke, Austin. <laughs> Thank you. It's okay. That's so funny. That's that's a joke for you and Audacity, but not for Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I just wanted to get that on tape, which is if if the form is something you think should be preserved. Uh, what would you do? Uh, Gladys's answer, you know, presumably for the whole group is, uh, I have to know first. 
And with what we know about Thurog and Traian planning a, a euthanasia, if it comes to that, uh, that's, you know, ratcheting up this uncertainty about the, about the moment of revelation. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, Gladys is just like, you know, we'll figure it out when we figure it out. But the other two are like, okay, so if Throg has to die. Uh-huh. Well, uh, she she's got a lot lot of, a lot she's grown a lot on this mission. I don't think she's ready to euthanize Throg yet. <laughs> uh, I that feels emotionally true. Uh, but you you pack up your camp and you start moving again. Uh, once again, complete darkness. Uh, Gort can lead Throg, dark vision and blind sight respectively means you're moving up slow inclines you're moving down slow declines uh in the cold darkness you hear animals chittering uh but nothing attacks you apparently you know uh you have established yourself in the ecosystem as a threat and things aren't just charging you anymore uh but you know you see raccoons and possums from time to time uh, we want to make any rolls about this journey because you're you're kind of moving the stars are beautiful and numerous above you but not much else is going on uh, I, I'm going to roll athletics to see how long trade can you continue walking in his uh, handstand before he needs to get back <laughs> on his feet. Um, that's a 10, so you know, not too long, but... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. He does eventually get back on his feet, but you know, that's a good upper body and core workout at the same time. It's efficient, okay? <laughs> I had the thought of like, um, like perception or investigation to like see if there's like any like previous traces of the folks whose skiff we found like abandoned in the last time perfect investigation investigation oh shit holy fucking shit oh my god a crit 28 holy shit it's a crit it couldn't be better gladys would you like a raccoon or a possum to be your pokemon oh my god pokemon come on pokemon Okay, come on. Could, could take uh, one of these anglerfish that we talked about, or the yeah. The... You want Mac? Do you want to bond your soul with Mac tonight? <laughs> <laughs> bond with Mac tonight. God, that's oh, awesome. and it, it be, because it like before they only had like a month long life cycle. Now you've just kind of you've skipped that entirely. I mean, it's up to Sarah. You can have literally anything you want. We can something we talked about. You can make up a new thing. This is Gladys's moment to have a creature. That is, if, uh, you if know, it's cool. If it's one of those like little moon guys, I, I imagine that they're like floating. Can it like like if I if I bonded to that, could I just have it like floating around my head like in an orbit, <laughs> like a lunatone, a crescent moon shaped floating creature? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, oh, moon friend. <laughs> moon friend. So, uh, paint me the picture of you finding this creature and how that interaction looks. Because what happens with the crit is it leads you uh, to something. Basically, you you see this thing and you have a similar, you know, spiritual uh, vibe. You know, you both are cr- uh, creatures who are intensely curious and intelligent and empathetic. And uh, eventually, you figure out that you know you're you're both looking for things. And uh, we'll get to the end of this scene once you tell me how it looks from your perspective. Yeah, I think what Gladys is trying to do is that she is uh, trying to look around for like skiff marks or signs of people having been here before, and like she has dark vision, so she can kind of like stick 
a little close to the party, but like want like wander off to areas that seem like they might be promising, and maybe like I know that uh, Throg has like the torch lit, so maybe like dark vision plus torch, and like looking into like maybe like places that are a little off the beaten path. Like eventually, like this little moon creature is in her peripheral, and like light bounces off it because the moon has like really bright like sediment. Like it, mm-hmm. that's why it's so reflective when the sun hits it. Mm-hmm. And so she just finds this little fucking dude, and and, and she and, and she. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. And and and, and uh, probably like approaches it slowly, and just is just like, oh, hey, hey, hey there, little. Moon guy, I'm just trying to find if there was any other people around here. Did you find, did you see anyone like us? The moon uh, kind of, you know, rotates around your head like or- in orbit, uh, looking you over. I should acknowledge Dan is putting many pictures of moons into her chat, including some disconcerting ones. Uh, that's really for us more than for you, audience. They're all great. <laughs> They're all wonderful. They're all yeah. incredible. Um, but it, it has, um, I guess, little eyes, right? But it doesn't ha- have a, a mouth? Or at least I'm not picturing one. I'm imagining, like, uh, like, in my mind, these guys are, like, cute little moons with like a little chibi eyes and i mm-hmm. i don't think they have mouths that's that's for me no mouth all right mm-hmm. um and it, so it doesn't uh, make any noise to acknowledge you but i think after uh you know rotating around your head maybe glowing i'm thinking it probably has some kind of luminescence naturally uh it starts leading you uh to the south uh, trying to show you where there were people. And so, you know, you can tell the group, like, hey, I found a thing. It's trying to show me something. And you can all go. Yeah, just like, let's follow the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, more pictures. Uh, I'd, I'd like to know what Throg has been doing. Uh, so Gort is on basically on the verge of, like, I guess, Drake adolescence. Um, he, he's right about the age where he's going to start being able to fly. So Throg is basically uh, like picking Gort up and having Gort flap his wings to try to get used to the uh, the motions. And I guess I'll just roll animal handling for that. Oh. Ah, ten. All right. Yeah. I mean, you you spend some time bonding with uh, Gort. It's perfectly. I mean, you rolled also. I think what Treyan rolled to walk on his hands for a yeah. while. So you two are just <laughs> being normal. <laughs> Gladys is accomplishing things. <laughs> normal. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Can I make a, a, a suggestion? Can I make a suggestion that this little moon in particular is also missing one of its eyes? Both oh, is because fuck. like a parallel it's... thing, and also because of that famous movie with like the rocket ship and the moon in the eye, and it and it knows where people were because it got shot in the eye. <laughs> oh my god, this is the shit. This is why you have good people on your podcast so they can reference <laughs> uh, Lavoie's Dan's La Lune, which I have absolutely absolutely butchered. But yes, the 1902 French film uh, by uh, Melier. Fuck, that's good. God damn it. <laughs> 
Damn it. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, this is one of those things. I don't know if you've ever seen this where you see like a movie or read a book and then you get pissed because you're like, I wish I had done that. Fuck, it's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's that Sarah just hit me with one of those. I, <laughs> I had that with, I made, I commissioned a guy to make um, uh, Arthurian uh, themed uh, goblins and trolls for my Warhammer army. And then Games Workshop just kind of did that too. Uh, so I was like, yeah, great. You've made models that fit my tastes perfectly. And I know that you had these like in the chamber probably three years ago, but I still kind of feel like you did an IP theft on me. <laughs> yeah, so it'd be like that. Um, does anything uh, you want to say about Trayan uh, observing any of this before I move on? Um, Trayan just sort of like looks at the moon little thing, like the moon uh, thing floating around, like, orbiting around Gladys at this point, because it's just orbiting around Gladys perpetually, I'm taking it. Yes. And just sort of, and Train can't help but just, like, crouches kind of get at more eye level with the things, just like, huh, well, it looks like you picked up a friend here, Gladys. It's pretty cool. It's, it's very small, and I think it knows where to find the the thing, the, the trace of people that I was looking for. Yes, it takes you further south into this ecosystem, um, and eventually you kind of uh, come up a an incline. Once again, not not like a mountain or anything, but such such that you know you couldn't see, uh, you know, for, my, for miles and miles ahead of you. And what the moon creature, which we actually need to name, uh, leads you to. Did you say Mac? Yes. <laughs> 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 it, it's oh right so that so that was oh so now gladys is the star in the uh starring role of mac and me got it let's do it oh boy it's not sponsored by mcdonald's but if you want to hit me up um <laughs> austin you're Gla- gladys okay, okay fine it's gladys and me that's what we'll just call it then you know from the perspective of the moon <laughs> McDonald's, DM me at Austin Norsky on Twitter if you'd like to sponsor the show. I have um, scars on my ankles because of McDonald's, and I will elaborate no further. Oh, Christ. <laughs> the possibilities are endless and dark. Um, what you see as you reach the top of this uh, incline is the sky ahead of you, uh, beautiful, full of stars, uh, appears to have a phenomenon that you read about in the journals you found in the skiff of Captain Duane. Uh, specifically, uh, it appears that the stars are falling from the sky. Uh, not tons of them, just every once in a while, you see uh, one of these bright lights fall to the ground in the distance. Um, and we know from the Dio episode that Gladys writes this down because Dio finds the journal where Gladys describes having seen this. Oh, Gladys is writing this down so hard. And so even though you just ran into Dio in this episode, I'm realizing how funny this is that everything goes full circle. Dio goes all the way around the sea and back to the tunnel biome and finds the journal describing the falling stars and sets out to find them, despite the fact that Dio started just west of the falling stars, meaning she traveled in a huge circle. Uh, very funny. <laughs> Do these stars falling out of the sky seem intentional, or does it look like I don't know? Maybe they like flicker and then crash out, or something's knocking them out. 
Great question. Can I get a religion roll mm. for reasons which will be clear depending on your outcome? 15. 18. Oh, 18. And Tran <laughs> rolls a botch. Oh. Excellent. Negative one. Mm. Oh, what, what is, a this roll. This is like that perception check from the last episode where Tran is the only one who didn't succeed and botched. So. So 15 and 18, the group succeeds, but there is a botch, which means there's going to be a negative consequence. Uh, I'm going to put that in my back pocket for now um, because I don't know that I want it to spring immediately. Here's what I'll say with an 18. Your question, uh, Dan, was if it seems deliberate. And with an 18, I will say it seems like something magical is involved. This does not seem to be a natural a phenomenon of the ecology, which is to say you see stars in the sky, gorgeous, beautiful, huge, fiery. And then these other ones that are falling look different. They're reflect, they're refract, they're refracting light in a unique way, unlike the stars around them. And they seem to be falling like quite suddenly. Mm -hmm. And you're looking into the, um, they all seem to be falling in the same direction. Like they're streaking across the sky diagonally and, and kind of onto the ground in the distance. And it makes you think, oh, with an 18 and a 15, I'm going to give you this. Uh, they are maybe coming from the same source. It is not like there are scar stars in the sky that are stationary and they're just randomly falling. It almost seems like there are two classes of celestial objects here. In fact, Ooh, 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 I know what the botch is. 15 and 18. There are two things you can do with this scene. One is to go to where the stars are falling, and one is to go where the stars are falling from, like under that area, because it's streaking diagonally across the sky in front of you. And I think the, the correct uh, thing here would be to uh, check out where the stars are falling from to see the source of this. And instead, with a botch, you were going to go to where the stars are falling to, which is dangerous because they're stars and they're falling and you're going to be under them. See, that I assume Skitch was just going to get hit by a star. And so this, this fits my assumptions perfectly. I did this once in a game where uh, a wizard launched a trash can into the sky with a, a horrible botch. And then later on, when they were in a boat, uh, it came crashing down and wrecked their boat. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the kind of the flavor of what's happening here. Is you see these stars streaking across the sky, and you rolled well enough to know there is a phenomenon, a profound phenomenon. Why you rolled religion instead of arcana is because it is not just a normal spell which can pull, uh, you know, fusion reactors from the sky. Uh, something uh, otherworldly is going on here. Um, and you know, I'll say this, you're on the tra trail of a form, uh, you know, the Aboleth is sending out agents into the world to try to discover it. Uh, Sprinkles found a lead, which was this, you know, group of explorers who had a, had contact with the traitor God. And it has led you to this point. Uh, you can make the inference that if this is the form is involved, something so powerful, it can pull stars from the sky. Wait a minute. Up, up ahead. Hold on a second. My brain, my the little hamster in my brain is starting to turn here. Um, this entire campaign is about getting not a wish at the end of the game. And these are stars falling from the sky. You wish upon stars. There's something forming here. Uh-huh. If the episode ends abruptly, uh, Dan just uh, said the twist, and so I cut him off by ending the episode. If the music's kicking in right now, that means he said something he shouldn't have. <laughs>
so following Mac, your moon friend, uh, you head out into the darkness, uh, but you go to where the, it looks like the stars are falling, which will yield information. I'm not wasting your time. Yeah, of uh, But it's dangerous because a star could fall on you, uh, or, and also there is an, uh, you know, a source that you aren't going to immediately. Uh, so that is what's happening. I am overcome with the urge to put potion bottles on Mac and, 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 and see how many I can stack on this orb. <laughs> That's very funny. Oh, oh I, I am what even greater if you could be able to take like little potions and have them orbit Mac, you know? <laughs> Does Mac have its own little gravitational pull? <laughs> oh, that'd be, that'd be pretty sweet. That is such a, a Mario Galaxy ass thing to happen. Oh, that's that's how they um, they feed because they little insects get brought into their pole, and it impacts onto their crater bodies. And each of those little craters is like a like a filter feeding type thing. Oh, I like that <laughs> beautiful little moon baby. I was just picturing like what type of uh, calisthenic thing training he's done the hot handstand, uh, handstand walking, I'm picturing some high knees. Obviously, just got to kind of, you know, got to work out the, the the hamstrings and quads properly and stuff. Maybe if people are moving slow enough, he could do some lunge walking. You know, <laughs> just just doesn't look weird. Doesn't look stupid at all. Okay, I swear, it doesn't look stupid. <laughs> so I think I think Throg is just intensely watching. Uh, where, like, I guess over his shoulder where these uh, stars are getting knocked out of the sky. Um, I guess not knocked. I, I, I'm, my brain tells me that I want to see, like, a man in the sky hitting him with a baseball bat, but that doesn't seem to be what's occurring here. It's entirely possible. I will say it is, uh, you know, distant enough and dark enough that it is not immediately obvious. Um, mm. the, 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 the knocking things out of the sky with a big baseball bat uh, is still on the table, as unlikely as it is. So I don't want to I don't want to say that's not happening. And none of these base level normal stars seem to be turning into these refractive ones. Not that you can see. No. Okay. All right, it is time for the botch consequence. Everyone, dexterity saving throw to not have a star fall out of the sky and hit your character. 21. 12. Or 13. No, no, you're 13. I rolled a 12 Mm. with my plus 8. All right, everyone's above average, so no one gets fucking obliterated which i was worried about i was like if someone botches i'm gonna have to really do some contortion here to say your body is not reduced to mist uh but 12 and 13 are going to fail to an extent that um when one of these lights comes streaking down out of the sky uh it when it hits the ground there is a kind of blast wave a radius that is going to damage gladys and Trayan. uh but You'll notice I said earlier you don't hear anything as these are hitting the ground, which is what you would expect if they were being, uh, you know, if essentially if the ground was being shelled by interste- interstellar artillery. Uh, but that's because as you see the blast wave, it is not simply a concussion of something heavy hitting the ground at a, a high speed. Um, let me roll the damage here first. So you're both going to take something here. So we missed a chance for Thrag to do this with the, the pickaxe. To do what with the pickaxe? Uh, you'll, you'll see. In oh, the... you just put. 
It's Dan has put a picture of someone hitting a meteor with a baseball bat into the chat. Incredible. Um, it's a it's a brontosaurus. He's saving yeah, his species. <laughs> that is exactly what is happening. Um, extremely funny. That, that's my fucking season five character right there, basically. Uh, anyways. 15 damage to Trayan and Gladys. What the blast wave is as you get close, because you, you foolishly kind of walk onto the star field uh, as these things are falling, and one streaks out of the sky, hits the ground in front of you, and you probably think at first you're safe. Like, you're like, oh, we're, you know, a pretty good distance away. But then this wave sweeps towards you, and it's not dust and debris and rocks. Uh, it is uh, magic in a way that as it moves across the ground, it is uh, transforming the ground around it. You see the heather uh, plants kind of uh, picked up uh, in the in the blast radius, and in the air you see them like get, get pulled apart and almost reassembled. The ground uh, uh, all around, the dirt, it is all transforming. Um, like, you know, uh, lava lamps, right? The stuff inside a lava lamp. It's becoming like mm -hmm. amorphous and liquid and moving. Uh, not like a normal explosion, but almost like some kind of strange uh, transformation. Um, all of you are familiar with like shape-shifting druid transformations, right? Where you can, you can wild shape into an animal. Uh, basically the ground ahead of you does that in such a way that you are like blown backwards and hit by things that once, <laughs> one moment ago were, you know, dirt and rocks and plant material and are now porcelain and glass and steel. Uh, and do the, is it leaving anything in like the crater of where this happens? Like, is there a core to this star or anything like that? Uh, I think you asked me that, uh, Dan, which is representative of like, yeah, Gladys and Trey and get knocked down by kind of this wave of material and you do not, uh, maybe you, you've, you know, rolled the side, maybe Gort. I just jumped. You... I jumped over the boss wave. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say maybe Gort senses it coming and kind of like, you know, pulls you to the side. Um, whatever the case is, uh, you are the first on the scene of the impact. Um, and you can't see it's too dark. Uh, but, but Gort can and you control Gort. So I'm going to give this to Gort's perspective, which is, you know, bark, bark. He runs down <laughs> into the crater and you see, uh, dozens of these impacts all over, um, as far as the eye can see in each direction. And mm -hmm. in the epicenter of each impact is a glittering gem. I fucking knew it. That's what I thought this was, too. I think this is a consequence of the trait. Maybe that's why they're the traitor. Because they wanted to create sentient life. Or maybe this is because of them not using it. Sarah, this is the end of the episode. Do you want to dazzle everyone by saying how you knew it this is i as a player this is my favorite thing is uh showing everyone how smart i am oh so yeah I love to give like, people the opportunity like I, I i had a pretty good uh feeling that new ones and stars falling were connected like for, for a while i like I, I i didn't want to like fucking steal your thunder or whatever but it's like you know if, if there's like stars up in the sky and like the ones that look fucking weird are falling then those must be like the gemstones and they just my my assumption is they have like a fucking blast radius 
of, of intense fucking form magic. Maybe they're all pieces of the form falling apart. I, I think Gort reflexively picks up the star and scampers up the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> 